The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners. Welcome to the 153rd ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at iirsports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by Dave Gorin, Executive Director of the National Sportscasters and Sports Writers Association and Hall of Fame. And then after Dave will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, it's an incredibly busy sports calendar these days, Uh, but my highlight of the week and easily the event of the week that I covered was the Belmont Stakes in person last Saturday uh, on Long Island. So drove down from Boston on Saturday morning, got there mid-afternoon, traffic was absolutely off the charts, incredible. Largely due to the fact that 102,000 people were to make their way into Belmont today, that day. And it was obviously all about California Chrome uh, attempting to, but falling short in its bid for the first Triple Crown in 36 years. It simply was one of the best sports events I've ever attended. Like I said, there was 102,000 people. I got in mid-afternoon. Post time was... Uh, uh, about 6.52 p.m. to be exact, and it was just five hours of incredible energy right up there with just about any sports event I've ever attended. Uh, what comes to mind for me personally was when I first walked in the Rose Bowl in 1995 to watch Penn State play Oregon. The electricity there was something I've never forgotten, and the electricity at Belmont is something I will never forget. It was uh, an anticipation of a sports event unlike anything I've ever experienced and uh, just enjoyed it immensely. Uh, you know, the, I've been to a lot of horse races in my life and uh, Saratoga, Charlestown, West Virginia, Rockingham Park, up in New Hampshire, but this was just uh, this was special because everybody was anticipating a special day. 
the outfits again off the charts uh the ladies in their hats and all the men dressed up uh just fabulous and then to add into all of that you know just simply it was in new york you had that new york edge which just elevates any event in my book uh so just loved it i was spent some time down in the area where the owners were uh thank you new york racing association for the wonderful media credential and you know got up close and personal with uh you know steve coburn who obviously was in the news for his comments after the race and later his apology tearful apology but he was the absolute rock star of the day just watching people approach him non-stop including as he was like making his way to the men's room uh you know during the afternoon just a, a trail of autograph people or people wanting their pictures taken with them it was really incredible to see obviously his remarks were unfortunate uh but he seemed like just the nicest guy. I spoke very briefly with him, and he could not have been nicer or more gracious. This was pre-race. Uh, my thoughts are simply, you know, add him to the list of people who just become instantly famous. Not just famous in their sport or their sector. This Steve Coburn uh, was just, again, you know, the face of California Chrome and just... Big personality with the cowboy hat and, you know, overwhelming. There is no other way to say it. To see him uh, just as the dominant figure all day long at Belmont, and it was a long day. Uh, yeah, it just made me think of, you know, when I heard his remarks of, like, Susan Boyle. You remember the famous singer from England discovered by Simon Cowell who, you know, basically had a nervous breakdown following her instant, immediate fame. And I think Steve Coburn's remarks were largely the part of just the overwhelming buildup over the course of five weeks from when he first won the Derby, then the Preakness, leading into the Belmont. And to witness what I witnessed that day, uh, you know, it just seemed forgivable shall we say even though the remarks were way out of line he did apologize tearfully it took him a couple days to i think recognize what he had done but again i think it's just overwhelming when someone goes from uh you know not being well known to if not even obscurity to instant fame and again on that day he was just being approached non-stop he was the Again, central and dominant figure at Belmont Raceway with 102,000 people there. The media, the cameras, TV, and people's personal cameras. Uh, overwhelming. Anybody, anybody would be overwhelmed, even someone who would be used to fame. It was that incredible a sight to see. The race... Uh, very exciting. I know I talked about it being maybe the loudest roar I've ever heard. It may have been uh, coming down the stretch. California Chrome made it up to fourth. 
And the, that last quarter mile was incredible, although he never made a run. And you just didn't sense, nor did the crowd sense he was going to make a run. He never got closer than fourth. But, you know, when you look at the finish line, I mean, at, at the end of the race, I mean, it wasn't like he was, you know, out of the out of the running per se. He probably didn't finish more than 12 to 20 feet behind the leader. He finished it tied for fourth, I believe. And, uh, you know, but there was just never that moment where he like had the lead or was making a real run that made you believe he was actually going to pull it off. So thrilled that I went, loved it. You know, it was five hours of just tremendous, tremendous anticipation and fun and a spectacle to behold. Uh, Obviously I would have loved to have seen Sports racing history, sports history in general, uh, wasn't to be, but that does not take away from attending the event and all the anticipation leading up to, uh, you know, a race that lasts about three minutes. So I got five hours of uh, incredible energy as opposed to five hours and five minutes of incredible energy. So it was great. That, and my, next, my bizarre story of the week was the San Antonio Spurs dismantling of the Heat in Miami the past two games. I mean, who would have ever thought that the Heat could be beaten this bad at home in the NBA Finals? It's just been incredible to watch. You know, game three the other night, they scored 71 points, uh, broke the all-time record for points and a half in NBA Finals, and just put on an absolute clinic. And then even Greg Popovich said, you know, we will never happen again. They will never shoot like that again. And then, you know, everybody, and I mean everybody, thought, you know, the Heat would just come out smoking last night. And that didn't happen. The Spurs come out, looked nearly as good as they did in Game 3. Highlight plays, just the Boris Diaw behind the back pass. To uh, Tiago Splitter was just a thing of beauty. It would be a thing of beauty if it came from, you know, Rondo, the best passing point guard in the game. It would be jaw-dropping. To see Boris Diaw do it was just incredible. Kawhi Leonard, fascinating figure to me because, you know, Popovich himself has said he is the future of the franchise. I, I, I like his game, but I wasn't quite ever seeing that. But boy, the last two games, I think we've all seen that. And his dunk uh, last night, he was the only person to elevate as all the heat just stood there, as they've been doing a lot of the last two games, was the play of the series, without a doubt, the play of the NBA Finals. So, Sunday night in San Antonio should be awesome to watch. Uh, the trophy will be in the house. So, it's just going to be uh, riveting. Uh, as we all, as I've mentioned on the show, I have a kinship with San Antonio, often attending the uh, past three years, the U.S. Army All American Bowl, where I'm out there for a week to 10 days. So, uh, for the past three years. So, I'm loving the Spurs and hope they can pull it off. They don't want to lose game five because game six is in Miami. In Game 7, back in San Antonio, but if there, uh, obviously anything could happen. All they have to do is put in Game 6 last year in the old DVR, and they should have plenty of motivation come Sunday night. <clears throat> My low light of the week was the phantom call yesterday against Croatia 
in the opening World Cup match, which basically handed Brazil the victory. Great to have the World Cup going. I mean, it's just, you know, electric. But the bad calls are definitely uh, uh, becoming a quick, quick low light. Uh, there was two bad calls in the first half of the Mexico game, which is now, uh, you know, which is happening as we speak. So, uh, especially here in the United States where there's a lot of people still just, you know, I'm sure checking it out millions more than ever have before, but yet if refereeing becomes a central uh, topic, which it has so far basically uh, in the first couple games, uh, especially if refereeing affects the U.S. game starting Monday against Ghana, that is going to be a real problem for the United States audience because then uh, uh, they're going to take a different kind of view of it, of the World Cup in general. And speaking of the World Cup and Mexico, for that matter. Uh, I'm, I'm totally ready for the World Cup after attending last Friday night. My other event of the week that I uh, was fortunate enough to attend, which was the Portugal-Mexico tune-up at Ge Gillette Stadium in nearby Foxborough. And even though Cristiano Ronaldo did not play, it uh, it was still... Tremendous event. The passion of both the Mexico and the Portugal fans was incredible and uh, just enjoyed it immensely. I cannot think of a better way to possibly get revved up for a World Cup than going to see Portugal and Mexico. Uh, Portugal being a favorite to win it all. Mexico having a history unlike uh, too many other teams. And even though they snuck in the tournament at the end, uh, courtesy of the United States, um, they simply uh, were not, you know, uh, are not to be discounted. Uh, they're Mexico. And the passion and the talent on that team uh, could definitely make some noise here in the World Cup. So, quite a week, to say the least. Haven't even gotten to hockey in the U.S. Open yet uh, in golf. Uh, that tells you all you need to know. But uh, now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. You are going global with gas. Man. Is that Matt the intern? That's here. Look, I made this show. Dude, you totally made it, man. You were doing the Big Brother tryout today. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, let's come on. Let's play drug code. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school. Yeah. Are we going to play porn and music or not? This program contains sexually explicit dialogue. Discretion is advised. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the VoiceAmerica.com variety channel. Going global with gas. Man, how the hell do they know that I got gas? Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us now is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, John. Pretty good. We had a little rain here today, but uh, that's fine. It, it helps with that dryness. We need the rain, as, uh, as everybody likes to say, right? Always, always welcome the rain because you don't know when it's going to happen again. <laughs> yes, absolutely, uh, and it's coming down in buckets. And we had one the other night that came down in buckets, but probably a good thing because I don't know about you down there, AP in Connecticut, but up here in Boston, we've had the thickest layer of pollen I can ever remember in my life, blanketing the area. John, it's funny you mention that because I've never coughed so much in my life. Yes. Off the charts. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> I mean, I've never experienced that, that issue, ever. Yeah, I guess the best way to say it is, you know, you get in your car, you literally have to put on your windshield wipers to clean off the pollen. Uh, <laughs> and that's, I can't ever remember that happening. It's like worse than snow. Yeah, and I'm always scrambling to make sure I have some a bottle of water near me. Yeah, it's like volcanic ash or something. <laughs> it's crazy. But... uh Anyway, it's all gone now after today's rain. Uh, the other day did took away most of it, but today really sealed the deal. But uh, speaking of rain, I can't help but it's a perfect segue because I happen to be watching the Mexico-Cameroon soccer match that began at 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, the rain is coming down in buckets. It's like an Amazon rainforest rain. It's incredible to watch. Right now, as we speak, um, I, I guess I've learned one thing. They play soccer in the rain, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, John, I wasn't familiar with what officials might do if they have a weather issue, but I guess they play like football. If it's raining, they just continue on. 
Yes, they do. And I mean, again, I think what we experienced, what we experienced this morning, which is literally coming down in buckets, like it would hurt your face if it hit it, is what's been going on this entire match. It's on as I speak. And it's a bit of a surreal look to it because it's just pouring like you would imagine it could pour in the Amazon rainforest. And that's exactly what's happening. And, uh, and you know, I, I just said, you know, yesterday uh, a horrible call to hand Brazil a victory in the opener. And then today Mexico had two first-half goals disallowed due to offsides where clearly there were, neither should have been called. And it should be 2 nothing Mexico. It's scoreless. But what do you think about the overall World Cup thing? Uh, I'm loving it. I think it's great. I mean, it's the world's biggest sporting event. You know, so jump in with both feet and enjoy it, right? Oh, oh yeah, John. Just digress. Did that official uh, uh, officiate an NBA game before? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's the worst thing in my mind that could have happened where the host country is given a gift in the opening game of the entire World Cup against a team, you know, Croatia, that really came to play and it had, in fact, caught the, the break of breaks early in the game when a Brazil guy knocked in the first goal. So Croatia had a one-goal lead and then Neymar tied it legitimately and then Neymar ended up getting the penalty kick out of the phantom call, which was just ridiculous. And then, you know... That, that was that. Yeah, John, I think that referee replaced the East German judge. Yeah, there you go, right, from the, from the, for the Olympics that we grew up with, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the minds of people. Yeah, it was, a, yeah. Figure it was really unfortunate because, <laughs> you know, sports is always subject to people thinking about these conspiracies, and that just fueled the fire on that subject matters. You know, the host team getting a, a, an easy goal, you know, due to a referee's call to start up the event. So, but I think that soccer is unbelievable. They're, they're fa- I mean, if you think Alabama and Auburn have fans, I don't know. I think the only people I'd ever say that would uh, replace them are these soccer fans. They're they're outrageous. They're the most rabid fans I've ever seen. It's incredible, and I and I got a really good taste of it uh, a week ago tonight when I went over to Gillette Stadium nearby and. You know, attended the Portugal-Mexico friendly, they call it, but was really a tune-up. It was Mexico's last game until right now, the one they're playing in the rain in. And it was just spectacular. I mean, it was, I was just so glad I went. You know, I was a little, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo wasn't playing. And, of course, we all want to go see the world's best player in anything, any sport. But it, had, it didn't take away from it at all. The energy... The passion, the costumes, the patriotism, off the charts. As good as anything I've uh, I've ever seen. I've, I've actually, you know, seen some pretty good soccer matches in the past. But I think it was like World Cup fever has had already arrived. And you know, Gillette Stadium, nice crowd, forty, fifty thousand. Uh, it was just just what you said. Uh, the, the passion is beyond anything that we see here in the U.S. by far. Yeah, the exuberance is, is unbelievable, the fans have. I, I, John, the only time I've been to any type of World Cup event was not in person, but a closed-circuit televised uh, 
you know, situation in the theater. And it was great. I loved it. I mean, people brought the flags in. They were yelling the whole time. I mean, and this is for a game that you, you have one or two, you know, a couple scores in the entire game. And, and, but there, the, the passion was uh, constant throughout the whole televised broadcast. Yes, I know. I mean, uh, it's really beyond impressive. You know, my first taste of it was back when the U.S. hosted the World Cup, and I think it was 94, hard to believe, but um, I ended up stuck in traffic right near the old Sullivan Stadium, Patriot Stadium, uh, before Gillette, and I just made a wrong turn. It turned out to be a right turn because <laughs> suddenly I was on Route 1 leading into you know what is now Gillette Stadium, but the old stadium where the Patriots <laughs> played, and it was just unbelievable traffic. Everybody going to the World Cup game, which was like Korea versus Cameroon or somebody was not a headliner. Yet the energy, this is on the road in a traffic jam, a massive traffic jam, was just off the charts. Everybody hanging out of their cars and having fun. You know, there wasn't any part of it that was like, you know, dangerous or anything like that. It was just total exuberance. And for me, it was like, wow, that was like when I sort of woke up and said, wow, this World Cup thing is just incredible. And uh, so, yeah, ever since then, I've, you know, it's been on my radar, but, you know, it gets bigger in the U.S. each time, every four years. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a great month. I mean, right off the bat, you know, people like you and me, I mean, I, I just love being able to turn on the TV pretty much any time over the next month and know that there's going to be a soccer game on. And the thing about watching those games, Sean, that you really don't appreciate, I don't, I don't believe some of the people, those players, they're highly skilled. I mean, it, it's very unique to do something with your feet. And it, if it was so easy, I mean, you'd see a million people being field goal kickers in, in the NFL or for college teams, and it, it just doesn't happen. It's, it's, you know, you have to be highly skilled to compete at that level, and it's not as easy as it looks. Exactly, and I've learned to appreciate the skill. I've now seen enough soccer, some of it up close. Uh, you know, I got a chance to cover like Spain, uh, and it was at a practice where I watched these guys just standing right there on the sideline from a few feet away. And uh, that was only a few years back, and that's that was when I really learned how skilled they are. So I've seen it, you know, a little bit. Uh, a few other times, and yeah, I think once, and that's what turned it around for me. I, I've turned the corner in my appreciation of the skill level. No different than growing up watching an American hit a baseball. You know, it's once you learn to appreciate it, you, you can view the game a little differently. Yeah, I think so. I, I had the opportunity once to watch the Italian soccer team come to town and practice, and that's what turned the page for me, John. I, I saw those guys up close in person, and it was fascinating, and you, you know, you watch these little kids play, and then you watch these professionals, and it's it's artistry, really, with their feet. Exactly, and uh, I think it is about practice. I mean, you saw Italy, the famed Azuri, I believe they're called, and I saw Spain, clearly two of the best teams in the world through the years, and to, yeah, to witness them practice where they're doing all kinds of just fun stuff and messing around. Yeah, yeah. No different than pregame in baseball or 
football or whatever, basketball player twirling the ball on his finger, you know, just they're doing that kind of stuff. And it's remarkable to see it when you, when you're, you know, you're not used to seeing it before. No. And, you know, the United States has, they've been competing in soccer for, I don't know, I think the craze started in the seventies, I believe. And, you know, but we just haven't caught up to that skill level. Just, it's something unique to those countries, and, you know, someday hopefully we'll get a chance to get in the upper echelon, but right now we're kind of watching from a distance, even though, we're, you know, they're letting the United States team, they earned a, a place in the competition. Correct, correct, you know. Hey, there's only 32 countries represented there, so that in and of itself is an achievement. Uh, so, you know, and by the way, just as we close out here, Mexico just took a one one nothing lead over Cameroon, therefore, uh, which is justified given the two goals that they didn't get that they should have got. So, all is right now suddenly in the world of, in the world of World Cup soccer. So, AP, why don't we take a break? We obviously have a lot more to get to on the other side, and uh, and that's exactly what we're going to do after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast dot net. And on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. And AP, we talked a little World Cup, but now we got to talk about the big American sports story, the which is the unbelievable play of the San Antonio Spurs in dismantling the defending champion Miami Heat twice. In Miami, I can only think of what uh, Vin Scully said after Kirk Gibson hit the famous World Series home run. I can't believe what I just saw. I said it after <laughs> both games. Probably said it a little louder after last night's game because I, like the rest of America, was totally convinced the Heat would come out totally smoking, and nothing, and the exact opposite happened. Uh, it's just been incredible to watch. John, I, I think the emergence of Kawhi Leonard is something to behold 
And no, I don't think anyone could have predicted his performance the last couple of nights, especially the, the, that first game where he just was incredible in the first quarter. I forgot what he ended up with, but he, he's a star in the making, and uh, he's on the perfect team because he has that personality that uh, subjugates uh, his, you know, his ego and to, to the team goals. So. You know, great for him in the San Antonio Spurs and Tim Duncan. He's, I guess he's solidifying his spot in history as maybe the best power forward of all time. Yes, and you know, Tim Duncan. I mean, give him credit. He he really put himself out there with that mar- remark after beating Oklahoma City that you know we'll quote get him this time. Um, totally unDuncan like, but he and the rest of his team are just following it up perfectly. It's really a thing of beauty. I mean, even Greg Popovich, you know, who's just, <laughs> you know, a demand for perfection, unlike too many other coaches before him in the history of American sports, uh, has to be shaking his head in disbelief. And in fact, said they would never shoot again like they shot the other night, 71%, uh, or 71 points, shooting 75%. 71 points in the first half, broke a record shooting 75% or whatever. I mean, who can keep track of all the records are breaking, right? It's, <laughs> the numbers no. are just off the charts. Yeah, yeah, the numbers are astronomical. And, you know, Pop, Greg Popovich has a system, and it, it's nice that they pass the ball around, which is great, but they have a, uh, uh, an inordinate number of shot makers, you know, you know, especially guys that can just line up behind a three-point line and, and they set themselves and wait for that pass, and they're ready, and, and they don't hesitate. They're, that's part of the offense. You know, when you're open, you take the shot, and they're making them consistently throughout these last few ball games. It's, I don't see how you defend when somebody's making that many shots, I don't, because you can't, you can't just cut off a few players because they're all making their shots. No, it's basketball at the highest level. It literally should be turned into an instructional video on how to play offense. Uh, what the Spurs have done the last two games. And, you know, I'm sitting there watching these games, and, you know, I think we all have a perception that, you know, the Spurs are old and, you know, maybe a little boring. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there these last two games thinking, this is the most exciting brand of offense I've ever watched. Ever. Period. There's no other way to say it. Up and down the floor, Tony Parker's remarkable. They're all remarkable. The passes from... Even people like Matt Bonner of nearby New Hampshire, that pass he made last night was incredible. Uh, the Boris Diaw pass was the pass of the series, of, <laughs> yeah. of which there have been many incredible passes. For a big man to do that, if Rondo did that, we'd be all, it'd be a jaw dropper. For him to do right. that oh, sure. in the finals is crazy. Yeah, and, and when you watch uh, San Antonio, it's, it's that old style of basketball passing and moving the ball and, and, and very few dribbles, very efficient. I mean, everyone has become so accustomed to the star of LeBron James getting the ball, going back and forth, dribble, 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 and just waiting to see if his athleticism will be able to overcome the defender and, and blow by him in the lane or and he'll kick it out. I mean, I don't particularly care for that style as much and, but this passing game of San Antonio, it's it's refreshing. It is refreshing. I, I just couldn't agree more. And then, you know, just back to Kawhi Leonard, you know, um, 
you know, when Pop, of all people, basically said he's the future of the franchise, you know, a nice player and everything, but I, I wasn't quite getting it. And certainly after games one and two, nobody was getting it. Mm-hmm. But boy, what he has done these past two games, including that dunk last night, was just, that's the play of the finals so far, probably the entire NBA postseason, uh, you know. And then he went in for another dunk that he didn't get. He was fouled. But, boy, he, he, he came in looking, you know, with the famous Michael Jordan pose. Yeah. Going, he really did, going to tomahawk it right-handed. Uh, <laughs> again, he got fouled, or he would have, you know, completed it, a la Michael Jordan. And between that and the play that he did, the rebound, you know, that he did dunk, uh, spectacular. You talk athleticism. It's serious athleticism. John, you could see his confidence level growing exponentially every game. He, he, and he, he, he uh, drives down the lane with authority. And, and then he, he's challenging LeBron James defensively as well, which is right. it, maybe that's more impressive than his offense. Bing you took the words right out of my mouth. He's doing all this while guarding LeBron James and keeping him under control, so to speak. Yeah, and I think it's 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 uh, exposed a little bit of Dwayne Wade. You know, is he, he's really taken a step backwards. Uh, and Chris Bosh, I was never a strong believer in his game. You know, nice player, but I was never considered him a, like the big three they called it. I thought like it was the the big two and a half, maybe something like that. But and but they don't seem to have any other help. The people that can. Uh, you know, score outside those big three consistently. Yeah, well, you know, Chris Bosh, I mean, he he has his moments, but, you know, what, what the Spurs show you at the last two games is that, you know, traditional offense, like Chris Bosh is seven-foot power forward slash center with the, who shoots the three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, that's not working against this traditional, you know, offense of – uh, and defense of the Spurs, uh, you, you know, because they're not, you know, they're not worried about going out to guard him. And in fact, it seems like they're welcoming his shooting. Um, and, you know, underneath, he's just, you, you know, it's not his strength anyway, but he's just being completely outmanned by that passing game underneath. It's, you know, yeah, it doesn't just, seem to have very much defensive presence in the middle by Miami. It's, you know, they don't challenge anybody. You know, that whole interior you can score against Miami. I think you've seen that time and again. Yep. It's always been their Achilles heel, and it's finally gotten exposed. Uh, So, it's, you know, as I've said often on the show, I was at the Game 6 in the Boston Garden the night, would I like to say, that that LeBron James was born when he basically went off and the Celtics had a 3-2 lead. Boston was the Garden was rocking for a party that night to beat the Heat. And LeBron just, again, went off, scored 45 points, dominated the game from the opening tip single-handedly. Mm-hmm. Best athletic performance I've ever seen in my life in person. And the only chance the Spurs have in my book is that he does that again on Sunday. Excuse me, the Heat. Is that he does that again on Sunday night and still gets a whole lot of help. Which he's gotten none of so far. There's no, other than that, LeBron going off like he did a couple years ago against Game Six in Boston. Other than that, there's no reason to believe the Heat have a chance at all. 
John, I would agree. Uh, he's going to have to have one of those fifty-point games, maybe uh, for, you know, forty to fifty-point games to have a chance. Because, I mean, who else do you see that's going to perform at that high of a level on the road? Now, now that they're in this position of being down three to one, it's never a team has never come back. So it's all on him again, like it always is. Right. And right. Just even more so. Right, to, to save the season, literally. I will say this, though. They can't let, the Spurs cannot let this happen. You know, the ghosts of Game 6 and 7 last year. You know, if somehow the Heat pull out Game 5, obviously Game 6 back to Miami, and then Game 7, were the Heat to win Game 5 and 6, <laughs> obviously they would go in like, you know, in Game 7 and all bets are off for for anybody uh right and the spurs know this i mean popovich i would think i could guarantee is absolutely saying they must win on sunday night they cannot let another game six and seven even occur especially given what happened last year yeah when that game was winding now last night john i started to think about sunday and and uh just imagine what greg popovich might say to the team and what lengths he might go to make sure they come up with a W on Sunday because there's no way he wants to go back to Miami and have any doubts creep in because, you know, it's a fragile situation. Things can shift. I mean, you've seen this NBA playoffs long enough where teams have been blowing out 40 points and the other team uh, returns service and blows them out by 40 points. But now they've had these back-to-back ones. That's a little bit different than we've seen in the past. I think maybe you know, like the old Celtics-Lakers series. You've seen it uh, them return service with you know blowouts. But I, I just feel that Popovich, they're and the team, they're ready. They've had this happen to them in the past, and I, I don't see that happening. Whether they squeak this game out or win another blowout, I, I think they're going to win on Sunday. I do, too. I mean, they've been on a mission all year long. They've been on a particular mission, uh, you know, since they got to the finals. Uh, again, there's every reason to believe. But, you know, and that's why we watch. And in sports, anything can happen because there is nobody, nobody would have even, in their craziest moment, predicted what would have happened these past two games in Miami, especially given that, you know, the Heat won game two in San Antonio and had, you know, gotten home home court advantage back, you know, had eliminated the Spurs home court advantage. So, you know, anything's possible. But, you know, I, I'm sure you, nobody knows better than Greg Popovich and the Spurs that they must get the job done on Sunday night. And I guarantee there's no other way he's approaching it other than that. Yeah, that's the smart move. And, uh, like you say, San Antonio, everyone perceives them as being old, and I, I guess that could happen in a game, you know, but I, I just feel that they're they're playing spectacular and making all the right passes, and everybody's in a groove with their shot. And, and John, let's face it, in basketball, when you're making your shots, it, it kind of whitewashes every other mistake being made. Absolutely, as does winning in general. But when you win like they've won, it completely obliterates any any you know negatives that might be lurking, shall we say? But without AP, we still got a lot more to get to. Uh, 
But why don't we take our break and we'll uh, talk about a couple other subjects uh, for our final segment coming right up. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing in this incredibly busy but fun sports calendar, uh, there's really a couple. It starts tonight with Rangers-Kings. Uh, the cup will be in the house tonight for the Kings. Uh, the Rangers staved off elimination the other night, so still alive and see what they can get done in uh, Los Angeles, but the Kings are... Uh, uh, like I said, the Kings have the cup in the house, so they'll be highly motivated. S- speaking of the cup in the house, the trophy will be in the house Sunday night for game five, Heat Spurs, as we've been discussing in the previous segment. And then, of course, we have golf, which is Sunday, the U.S. Open final day on Father's Day, a tradition, always fun. Right now, Martin Kamer is just running away with it, six-stroke lead, last I checked a few hours back. Um, and AP, that leads perfectly into that because no sooner will the U.S. Open be over than golf's golf's center stage will be Connecticut, and you and I will be there uh, next week for the Travelers Championship near Hartford in Cromwell, Connecticut, to be exact. You and I have each covered it the last few years. I can't wait. How about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, John. Uh, one of the young players that received an exemption uh, this year is Bobby Wyatt from the University of Alabama. He's coming off the national championship run that two years in a row. Alabama's won the golf title, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. And uh, They've had a history of giving an exemption to a young Alabama player and, and launch their career, so it'll be fun to see Bobby Wyatt and of course, all the, the other great golfers that attend that event. Absolutely. Uh, it's a great event. I mean, what they, they just, you know, they put on a terrific show. They really do. 
a lot of big names uh, will be there, including Bubba Watson. Um, and it's really become, you know, uh, kind of the beginning of the golf summer in new England and it ends of course with the Deutsche bank on labor day weekend. So it's kind of a nice bookend here in new England. But, uh, you know, for me, it's a, not a long drive under two hours for you. It's just a few minutes. So <laughs> it's going to be, I know you're going to be there multiple days. I'm going to be there for a few, but, uh, I guess you're going to be living there. Yeah. It, uh, you really get that sense. that It's like a, uh, you're on a vacation or something. You're there every day and, you're there early and stay late, and you get to know a lot of the people through the years, and it's a familiarity, you know, with that event. I've had, I can't remember when I started covering, it's been quite a few years, but it's a first-class operation, and they're very supportive of the me- supportive of the media, and I-, I always enjoy getting out there and walking the course. I'll, I'll probably do it a couple of times. You and I covered a lot of ground last year walking the course, and to me... You know, I love covering golf, and and who wouldn't? You know, when you have nice weather, you're outside, you're walking these beautiful grounds, and the course in Cromwell is beautiful. Um, again, the staff, like you said, is is fabulous. They just treat the media and everyone wonderfully. And uh, you know, the, the 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 travelers gets bigger and bigger every year. It's just more and more popular. You know, its positive reputation has spread. You're in, you're out, and now it's really become uh, a staple on the tour. And, uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait. And, again, you know, what, what could be better than just, uh, you know, walking on a beautiful golf course, watching the best golfers in the world in beautiful, you know, summer weather up here in New England. It's really as good as it gets. I love it. Yeah, and one thing that happened a few years ago when, when Bubba Watson, that was the first time he's won on the tour – so he's a natural to come back to this tournament probably for life. And Correct. He's, he's always a, he's a charismatic figure, and he plays a different brand of golf. It's entertaining and endearing, and so I always I enjoy watching Bubba. Oh yeah, it's great. You know, I know, I know like Keegan Bradley last year, and uh, you know he's coming back this year. He's you know New Englander, so it's great to always listen in on his news conference, and he's always thrilled to be back in New England. And, uh, you know, he, he's just, uh, again, become a, a, a central New England sports figure. I mean, he is the link right now to the uh, PGA Tour and loves his Boston sports. So it's going to be great. Uh, I just can't wait. And then I myself, uh, I get a bonus day on Thursday, which is, of course, the opening round of the tournament when, uh, when that evening... I'm covering the U.S. women's soccer team in a game against France at Rensselaer Field outside Hartford, which is where UConn plays football, where I went to the UConn-Michigan game last year, as did you. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, uh, you know we talk World Cup fever. Uh, next year, the women's World Cup is in Canada. So this is an early preview to look at the U.S. women's national team and uh in france as well so so it's going to be an exciting day you know for me uh on on thursday from golf right over to soccer and they're what 20 minutes apart yeah it's right there john you don't have much of a drive and 
uh, I suspect you'd be interested in the crowd, how many people will be attending to watch that game on a Thursday evening. Absolutely. Absolutely. I went to a uh, U.S.-Jamaica game last year, Rensselaer, and it was terrific. High energy, nice crowd. I expect more of the same on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, I think it will put me in an even more soccer of, of a soccer watching mode than I've already been in, uh, you know, as we progress along with the World Cup, because again, just seeing the, these women's national teams is going to be uh, fascinating, to say the least. A lot of big names like Alex Webster for the U.S. women team, uh, women's team. So it's going to be fun. Uh, Connecticut's the place to be this week. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. It's, it's probably outside of the basketball that's played in this state. I guess it's the biggest weekend in in uh, the Nutmeg State. Huh, that's a good point. I, I really hadn't looked at it that way, but it does make, you know, perfect sense. Uh, so, yeah, so it is going to be great. And, yeah, you know, the Connecticut Sun, we both talk about them. I went to a game a couple weeks ago, and nice crowd, as always. And I know you're going to check them out, and I highly recommend it. Uh, the number one overall pick, Shanae Abumake, was just awesome. She was the rookie of the month in the WNBA. And AP, uh, she's just incredible on defense and the boards, which leads to a lot of offense as well. I mean, she is just uh, very impressive to watch. I, I was blown away. I really was. She, she's a really strong player. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. Good, good hands and solid body and real competitive and uh, you know that's what's fun about watching the women's basketball you always see that effort there's no question when you're watching them compete it's it's 100 percent at all times and regardless of the score i i i uh welcome that part of the women's game i always enjoyed watching that oh absolutely no she is just uh you know incredible uh, game, you know, on the boards. I mean, it, it really was just, you know, and obviously the the Sun people treat us well, uh, like the Travelers people uh, get seats literally right under the basket. So to see her uh, attacking the boards underneath, leading to you know second chance shots, what have you, was just uh, really impressive. I was just uh, fascinated to just watch her game, and then. Uh, and she's ultra, you know, the post-game locker room interviews, ultra articulate. I mean, I think the Sun, you know, the new look Sun have, uh, have found themselves a real team leader and winner, a foundation upon which to build for the next number of years. And John, they had a big win, I guess, against Phoenix. Big win, 96-95 the other night. I saw that against Diana Taurasi in Phoenix and Brittany Griner to boot, right? Yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> That's a pretty good company, beat beat that pair. That might be a watershed victory for them. That could be a springboard victory. Uh, we'll see where they go with it. But, yes, I was impressed to, uh, to see that score. So, um, as we close out, Mexico won, one to nothing. So, justice is served. And, AP, thanks, as always, for calling in today. And we'll look forward to doing it all again next Friday when we can talk about the Travelers. Look forward to it, John. Safe travel. Uh, all right, and I'll be adding in some U.S. women's soccer to boot next Friday. And uh, 
Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.